0: this episode 82 of the Michael Mars show. I'm joined by Logan light. So professional motocross and supercross racer from pits or from, uh, from Pennsylvania, Uh, Dillsburg, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. Dillsburg,
0: Pennsylvania, Dillsburg, Pennsylvania, man. I appreciate you uh, coming on and doing this interview with
1: me. I appreciate you hitting me up and I'm glad to come on and do the show.
0: Yeah, of course, man. And um all right, first topic that I got is uh you earned your Supercross license through the Futures program and debuted in uh Daytona about like a year and a half ago. Can you just tell yeah, us yeah. what the what the process was like becoming pro- professional?
1: Oh, wow. Uh dude, it was so gnarly. I remember like trying to go through that whole process. Like there were so many of us trying to get our license because it was like the first or second year that they did that program of Supercross Futures. And uh, I remember the first race I did, didn't even make the main, didn't even score points, nothing. Um, So it took me like another year until I finally started like getting good enough to even make the, like the main event shows for futures. And uh, that whole process was so freaking hectic. Like I remember like going up to the gate and there's like 80 of us like signed up. They're all on staging. They all have us all split up into divisions. And there's like four spots available to like get your points. And I remember I don't know how I did it. I clutched up. There was <laughs> I did the two races and I got fourth in both those four those the the first like races to get to the main event. And then once you get to the main event, you pretty much got your points, uh, you're automatically guaranteed points. Cause they took like top twenty two out of like ninety. Um, so getting those getting that license was one of the hardest thing I've ever ever done because it was so freaking packed. Um, and then going into pro, I mean, it was hectic, but that the future process was hard.
0: <laughs> so do they just take, um, like whoever scores the most amount of points at like the top 22, or is it just, if you get a certain score, then you become professional.
1: Uh, so the way it works is, uh, it, it goes off of like that one event, like that one race. So mm-hmm. you basically, everyone signs up for this race, they cap it at like 90, and then you have to do a heat race, an LCQ, and then a main. And they basically, they put us all into like heat races. And I think everyone on the gate, there's like 20 in each race um so they do like 20 20 20 whatever it is to equal out to like 90 people so everyone can race and then out of those races they take like four and then out of the lcq they take like two to make 22 people in the main event and in that main event whoever makes it to the main event gets their points um but that's how it was when i race nowadays um the future races only have like 17 people everyone gets their like everyone gets their really points. it's so yeah dude it's so easy now when I did it it was everyone was doing it. all the all the up and coming pros and like even now like the factory guys like we were all doing it at the same time. Now I was in like the peak of like how hard it could be. Um but now dude it's so easy.
0: So where was that race? Is it like from people around the country or mostly like just east coast uh, riders?
1: No, it was in uh, it was in Tampa. We raced at the Buccaneers stadium and uh, dude it was packed. Dude, it Raymond
0: was James? Packed.
1: Like Yeah, Raymond James. Dude that stadium was awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's sick. So was that your first time doing that race to become professional or, um, like, what was that? What, yeah, yeah. Was That like
1: that was one of my first ones. I did one in uh, the Colt stadium a year before. And that was like, just being in the stadium was like rad. Like I thought this was sick. And then, um, uh, so then I did that futures race in Tampa and that was the first time I ever had race in a stadium like that. And, uh, it was pretty surreal. Like, I ended up winning actually one of my classes that day and I was like stoked, but now that I'm like full on professional, like I'm just got done my second year. It's like, wow, like I'm racing in these stadiums every weekend. Like I was, there was a couple rounds, rounds. Uh, I think it was St. Louis, the old Rams. No, 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 Detroit Lions. Yeah, the Detroit stadium. I like took a wrong turn while coming back from track walk and I ended up in the Lions locker room. I That's don't know how it. I ended up there, but somehow I did. So it was like wild to me that like being a professional Supercross racer gives me so much access in these stadiums for these races. It's like, wow, like, this is pretty epic.
0: Would you say uh, like, is becoming professional like everything that you expected or was there anything like once you turn pro, like, damn, like I didn't see this coming or was it kind of everything you thought?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much everything I thought of. Like I pretty much was prepared. You know what I mean? Like I kind of knew what to expect. Like I knew that like once you turn pro, it wasn't going to be like, you know, the glitz and the glam, like you had to keep grinding. And, and and the thing that sucks about our sport and I wish like, I obviously, you know, I wish that our sport kind of got more recognition. Like we don't get nearly paid as much as we should. Um, but, I mean, if you're good good at marketing and good at marketing yourself and sponsors, you can make good money racing. Um, but it sucks that like the kids nowadays, they go pro and then they realize like, oh, I barely have enough money to live. And mm-hmm. they're kind of like, yeah, I'm over it. So luckily for me, like I'm pretty good at being able to market sponsors and stuff. So I, I am able to make a living, but the kids coming up now, like they just, they don't really understand like how brutal the sport is like, when it comes to cost of everything. And then you realize you're only like, getting like, half of that money, or maybe you're getting your money back at the races. It kind of sucks. But um, what's it it like
0: getting sponsors? Like, um, is that something you had throughout your amateur career and you kind of carried those same sponsors to your pro or like, how do you market yourself?
1: Uh, so basically like, yeah. So coming up through, like, I I was like a child prodigy when I was like nine. Okay. And, uh, so it's kind of funny. I I quit for like five years. Parents split up dirt bikes, got taken away. Like it was a whole mess. And, uh, so once I got back to racing all those like old sponsors i was like you know hitting them up and they're like oh sorry dude like you suck now and i'm like oh all right <laughs> <laughs> like all right sweet so i guess it was it was pretty difficult dude it took me it took me a while like it man i probably took me, like five years until i got to the point again where i was like good to be able to like be like hey like could i get like 30 off or like 20 off mm-hmm. um but dude i spent years emailing that's all i did was email people like I would, I, I, I basically came to the conclusion to myself that like, no one's going to do this for me. I got to do it myself. So I just did everything. Like I became my own truck driver, mechanic racer. Uh, my dad obviously helps me out a ton, but, um, but Oh my gosh. Like I just emailed everyone.
0: So you compete in supercross and motocross. Do you have a preference on which one you prefer?
1: Oh yeah. Supercross all the way. Yeah. No, I, I hate outdoors. I hate motocross. Um, and honestly, like, I don't, like i actually just got i literally just got back from the track like five minutes ago from riding mx tonight um it's just such a grind dude like it's so gnarly like the motos outdoors are 35 minutes it's the summer it's 110 degrees 100 degrees we're dying out there and the pay in outdoors is like i think it's like 50 less than what we make in supercross mm. so it's like dude why am i suffering for three hundred dollars like it makes no sense or like i'm just throwing out numbers but like two three four hundred bucks whatever it is it's like it's just not worth it at the end of the day
0: yeah so did you start out like in your amateur career were you primarily supercross and then when you went pro you kind of were like i might as well do both
1: uh i was all motocross actually growing up uh supercross isn't really something you do until you turn pro because there's no like events for as an amateur other than the futures like that is it like that future event is all you have for supercross so you pretty much the only way you can learn supercross is by racing it doing futures or you have a lot of money and you can either build a track or ride in california that's mm-hmm. it
0: and i was reading that uh you started on 250s and then you worked your way up and transitioned to 450s uh what was that process yeah. like was it kind of difficult for you or did you like get a hang of it pretty quick
1: so it was pretty like so for me like i mean kind of growing up i always kind of rode both because i'm a pretty big dude like i'm six three, like 200 pounds so like Riding a 250 for me was always kind of hard because I would always like just not, like I was already using all the power of the bike and not moving. Mm-hmm. Like these kids that are 110, 115 were shredding me and I'm like, dude, I, I can't do anything. So I, uh, I moved up to a 450 pretty quick. So nowadays, um I'm 21 now, so I'm able to like kind of go back and forth pretty easily. Um, the only thing I haven't done yet is I haven't really rode a 450 on Supercross because I'm genuinely scared. Like I, <laughs> the 450 is so much power. And I, I just don't think I can handle it. Like I'm actually scared.
0: So, so for people that don't know, like, what is your, what is your bike? Like when you're racing, what brand do you use and everything like that?
1: Uh, Kawasaki, Kawasaki, 250 and 450, uh, Supercross, uh, mainly 250. Uh, sometimes I ride the 450 or I'm sorry. Sometimes I race the 450 class, but all my 250. So, but mainly Kawasaki 250.
0: And is that the, the one behind you? Is that the one you were riding tonight?
1: That's actually, so this is the 450. This is my outdoor bike. My Supercross bike's a 250. And then this is my outdoor summer bike uh, is a 450. So that's yeah, the one I would ride. That's sweet, dude. I, I need to I, I get, I want to
0: get a dirt bike <laughs> so badly. I mean, I've never had one, but I got a friend and we were visiting up in Winchester a couple weeks ago. And we were just riding this oh, okay. pit bike. And uh, dude, I mean, it's so sick.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a blast. I mean, yeah, I'm I, I'm definitely grateful for the life I live. I get to travel the world racing dirt bikes. I mean, what else yeah, yeah. do ask for?
0: Do you ever yeah. ride quads at all too?
1: no no dude i if i if i ever got caught riding a quad i i would get killed like really that's kind of how it is. oh yeah that's like that's like there's a huge stigma around like the professional dirt bike riders the professional quad riders like if a professional dirt bike rider got caught on a quad like dude you'd be shunned
0: really even just messing around uh. on it with the boys
1: oh dude no yeah you can't no you can't, <laughs> can't happen i didn't know that you i didn't know happen. that that was like a a thing it's not so it's not so bad when so a quad rider could ride a dirt bike but if a dirt bike rider rode a quad it's yeah no you can't do that there ain't no nothing ain't being posted about that you better do that in your backyard and nobody sees it yeah okay because I, I
0: interviewed a, <laughs> a, a a pro skateboarder a while back and he was saying kind of the same thing about scootering like if, if he was like you can't yep. catch a skateboarder on a scooter like that's that's a sin right there
1: yeah that's exactly how it is for us yeah you don't you won't catch a dirt bike rider on a quad
0: True, yeah, I didn't know that, but uh, so last year you dealt with injuries and then you're making your comeback in the 2023 season. Um, like, what can you tell us? Like, how are you getting ready for it? And, um, like, what do you hope to accomplish next season?
1: Uh, so basically, yeah, I uh, last season sucked, I tore my shoulder, got hurt a lot, and then this season, same thing, was a sick. So, uh, for now, I kind of just powered through supercross this year, and I'm basically i guess this summer i'm kind of in the, the the stage where i'm doing enough to stay in shape and you know i'm constantly improving my fitness and speed uh but i'm not like going all out right now like it's only one month or am june yeah july yeah,
0: about to be july yeah
1: yeah about to be july and supercross starts in january so mm-hmm. i still have quite a bit of ways and so i need to like burn myself out essentially um so I'm basically just kind of like slowly you know i'm cycling going to the gym riding like Keep myself in shape, and then uh next season, I, I'd say probably around like maybe like like October ish. That's when I'll really start grinding and getting ready for 23. And you know, 23 is big for me. I, it's kind of a make or break year. I want to. We need to show out.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. And what are some things like? What are some workouts and stuff that you do to you know prepare yourself?
1: A lot of it's cardio. I, I do a lot of cardio. Like right now, I'm not like really like I would say like grinding. You know what I mean? Uh, I would say cycling, uh, our dirt bikers, we cycle all the time. Like that is like, we're basically motocrossers, you know, by day or at night, depending on supercross, whatever, and cyclists in the morning or in the evenings. Like that's exactly what we are. Uh, cause we, that's all we do is cycle and ride. Like it's gnarly. So, um, so other than bicycling at the gym, it's pretty much just same, same stuff. You know, you're doing stairs, you're doing squats, like anything to do with legs, uh, shoulder try, cardio, um, I don't personally lift and I know a lot of other motor dudes that don't lift, like can't really do curls because like we get arm pump. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't want to deal with that. Um, but yeah, it's, a lot of it, honestly, it's really just cardio. Like that's honestly, we just grind cardio.
0: Yeah. So cycling, that's kind of like, I, I do cycling. Cause I got a, like a 50 mile trail, like pretty close to my house. When you go out and you cycle, like what's a typical workout for you? Like, like how far do you usually go?
1: Um, I'd say I'm always probably around an hour. So like I try to, depending on like the trail. So if it's flat, i'd say i'm usually around like 20 miles like 20-ish miles mm. um but the like the path or like the road that i have like right where i live i only i think it's only like 15 15 miles until like it's like a busy highway and i can't know, i'm not going on the highway so i'd say like it's about like an hour-ish it's pretty like hilly dude. like That's it's good like work nonstop. though. stop yeah no we're just grinding but i'd say about an hour hour and a half um but like before the season starts like your minimum rides like at least an hour and a half to two hours.
0: So I also was reading last year when you were dealing with the injuries, you kind of considered retirement. But I mean, I'm happy oh, that yeah. you ultimately came out and everything like that. What are like? Yeah. How did you? How did you revamp your motivation to get back out on the track next season?
1: <sighs> dude, honestly, proud of my dad. Like I, yeah, dude. Last season sucked. Like I was so out, like done with it. Like I just like from like a mental standpoint, I was so like over it. you know what I mean like I just mm-hmm. was drained I just didn't have any like motivation to, like want to ride anymore like I, I just didn't want to do it anymore and uh because I just gotten hurt like lost all my money like I because I got hurt because I got hurt and I was like dude like this is dumb like and I uh, just uh yeah I just didn't have it anymore and honestly like my dad was like the one that was like dude you're not retiring like you're not even 21 yet because I, I mean I just turned 21 in November but before that I wasn't 21 yet and he's like you gotta like at least try like you got to keep going just get through it and there like there was some dark days like don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. uh this whole year dude was like bad like up until holy crap like probably up until like april like it was just a struggle like i just sucked like all year like i just constantly i'm like and it made me question myself non-stop like why am i doing this but i was like well i need to make money so i was at the point where i'm just trying to make money and then all of a sudden, dude, like last two rounds, I started like riding really good. And then that fire kind of came back. And then, um, yeah, man, we I got, a, I picked up this bike, uh, 450, and I started riding outdoors. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm kind of shredded. Yeah. And, uh, and I just like started going back to the gym and it's all kind of naturally came back. And uh, so we'll see. I mean, this actually, this weekend is a pretty big race for me. Uh, so we'll kind of see where we're at.
0: That's, that's cool, man. I mean, sometimes you need that break. Like sometimes you need like those three to four months off yeah. to kind of like regroup yourself. And it's, it's nice to hear that you have, you know, your dad and good people around you to, you know, yeah. bring you back and, you know, motivate you. So what would you say? Uh, I mean, outside of this race this weekend, like, uh, this is kind of a vague question, but what is like one race that you really want to dominate in, uh, in the next year?
1: That's that's tough, dude, because we race a series. So it's like, it's really tough to pick one. um, Man, that is, that's tough. I'd say like one specific race I'd like to be really good at is probably Daytona. Um, That's like the biggest supercross race of the year, if not like A1. Uh, So if I had to pick one or two, it's going to be either Anaheim 1 or Daytona. Um, I'd probably say they're pretty tied on like which one's most important because like Anaheim is sold out every year, Angel Stadium, and Daytona is almost practically sold out every year. So you do good at those races. Your DMs are gonna be blowing up.
0: Yeah. So you're traveling around the country. <laughs> do you fly to these places and you know fly your bike as well, or do you drive and trailer?
1: Oh, no, dude. I grind it out. I'm in the. I got. I bought a Mercedes 2015. Okay. uh Sprinter van. Big old sprinter van. Nice. And uh, dude, I grind it out all by myself. Uh, my dad obviously he stays home and works. And uh, no, dude, I. <laughs> I drove That's to California. Brutal. Drove to California and back twice. I was thirty-three hours one way, one way from Pittsburgh, or
0: from uh, Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, thirty-three hours. I drove it uh, four times all together. So you thirty-three times four. That's that was just that trip. Uh, but yeah, going to Denver, Colorado. You know, St. Louis, Missouri, whatever it may be, dude. I, I did it all by myself. So that's I'm, cool though. I mean, I'm taking a nice like. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I would
0: definitely be shot too. But that's cool though. I mean, you get the yeah. experience of like driving through all the states and stuff. What would you say is um like? Do you sleep in your in the Sprinter?
1: Um, if I have to, um, I have a bed set up like there. Like it's like, it's nice. Like I don't, I don't like, not like, how would you say It's not like dirty about it. Like I'm, I keep everything pretty like organized, clean. Like, so I have a nice little bed back there, but only if I need to, like, if I'm like just dead driving, like I sleep in there when I'm like, got to pull over at a truck stop type deal, but that's yeah. about it. But for the most part, I usually get a hotel the night before the race, just so mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I feel ready and clean yeah. and like take a shower, nice and refreshed.
0: So uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but so I would assume like going towards the race, and you know you're driving from uh, Pennsylvania to California, you're dialed in and you're just focused on the race. But after yeah. when you're coming back, if you do well in the competition, do you kind of like you know take a more scenic route home and you know stop and like <laughs> enjoy it all, or are you just like I just want to get back home and just
1: rest? No, no, dude, it's grind. Like it, it, so, usually the way it works, it, I don't even come home. Like I just I base because they're when the season starts, like all the races are literally the next weekend. So. When I'm out in California, the first six rounds are literally like California, California, Arizona, California, Arizona, California. So like you're literally just stuck out there. So I'm just grinding back and forth in between races, and I, I'll stay at like a buddy's house in California. And then once it goes East Coast, it makes it a little bit easier than like if they're in Florida or like Missouri. Like I can kind of drive back home. I mean it's like 10, 11 hours, but dude, at that point, I might as well just go home. Like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's a one. I can do that in a day. Like I. 10, 11 hours at this point is nothing.
0: That's crazy, dude. 31 hours, like, without stopping, or, you know, just, like, driving it straight, basically. That sounds brutal, dude. Like, what do you do to kill a time? you listen to podcasts or, like, just got playlists and stuff?
1: Dude, I I got to be honest. Like, I, there's been some trips where I, like, look up at the road. Like, I, I literally look at my phone and look up at the road, and I'm like, how'd I get here? Yeah. So I'm in Kansas. Like, <laughs> dude, like, I honestly, like, I don't even know. Like, I, I download movies, like, I, I, when I'm driving, dude, I'm so, like, either on my phone or watching something that, well, like, I don't know, I've done it so much, dude, I'm so, like, like, I I guess it would be, like, I'm good at driving, you know what I mean? Like, I'm so Mm -hmm. aware of, like, everything going on, that, like, I'm pretty, like, and I'm not, like, you know, I don't want to sound like a bad person driving here, like, I've never, never had an issue, but, you know, when you're, when it's midnight, and you're in Kansas, and there's nothing around you, I'm gonna watch a damn movie.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, you gotta do what you can. I mean, also, like you said, no one's on the road, but yeah, this might sound bad as well. But like, sometimes when I'm going long distance, like, I'll space out and then, like, I'll like, obviously, I'm conscious that I'm driving, but like, an hour oh, yeah. will go by before I realize, like, dude, like, I don't even like remember making half these turns or like these. Dude, I know, stuff. yeah, should, yeah, it's like, honestly, I have no like recollection of driving, I'm so like zoned <laughs> out listening to a pod or something like that.
1: Yeah, but uh, another topic I that film. I got.
0: Are uh, like who are some of your like favorite riders that you watched growing up and everything like
1: that? Uh, I think so. Chad Reed was probably my favorite growing up as a kid. I always like idolized him. Like I was like such a big Chad Reed fan. Um, but honestly, like nowadays, like it's kind of it's funny, but like I race against these dudes and I, I like still look up to them because uh, they're just so gnarly on a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, dude, like Chase Sexton is like so freaking good on a dirt bike. Like I watch him, and it, like it makes me mad i I'm like, how, like, how is he so good? And so it's kind of cool that like, sometimes like I've gotten to the point in my career where like I do things and I'm like, wow, I was like, that was kind of cool. Like, I, I'm sure Chase could probably do it. No problem. But I did it pretty sick. And so I, but like, I just look up to those dudes still, like even to this day, like I Tomac, you know, rocks and those guys, like they're literally my idols. Like I've watched them for like the last 10 years and now I'm racing. them. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. So when you were on your first pro gate in Daytona or like any race after that, was there kind of a moment to hit you before, before you started the race where I was like, yo, like I'm, I'm racing against these yeah. guys that I used to look up to. Was there anything like that that hit you?
1: Oh yeah, dude, it was pretty gnarly. Cause that, since it was my first one, I didn't really think I was going to like make it. Like I had no idea that I was going to actually qualify for the race. So when I did qualify top 40, I was 40th. I was literally the last guy. I barely made it by like two tenths of a second. And, uh, I will never forget it. Like I was so stoked. And, uh, Dude, I, I honestly like don't even think I really took a moment to take it in. It was so like nonstop. I was trying to like stay focused mm-hmm. and just be like, you know, we got to, you know, don't worry about it right now. Stay focused, take it all in tomorrow or whatever. Um, so honestly, no, probably not at that race. Um, but I'd probably say like this year, Anaheim is when it all hit me. Like if after like two years, I was like, Wow, like this is gnarly.
0: So, what's your uh, mindset um like before the races? Like, do you have any uh, like routines that you do or like, you know, rituals and stuff like that before a big race to, you know, get your mind right?
1: I wouldn't say like necessarily. I'm pretty like, because I used to do like routines and stuff and I i would get like so psyched out if like something didn't go my way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I, I kind of got to the point where I just like stopped caring. You know what I mean? I was like, I was like, whatever dude, it's just a dirt bike race, like just got and ride kind of that mindset. And I started doing better that way. Just a kind of like carefree mindset. Um, really the only thing I do every time is I have this really weird thing where I always do like a I do like a prayer and then I give the guy to my I think it's my left. My, yeah, I give the guy to my left a fist ball. Not my right, just my left.
0: Like the so guy I, you're riding against?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever's on my left gets a fist ball like, hey, good luck. Okay, like, not my right though. Just my yeah, left.
0: Yeah. Not the right.
1: I don't know. So I, that's probably the only thing that's kind of weird that I do, but that that's it. Like other than that, that's the only thing I do.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's probably better just cause like, like you said, um, you're just like a little more relaxed and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. You're just a little
0: bit looser. Cause I mean, you know, it's just a race at the end of the day and it's something that you've done hundreds of times. So why overthink yeah, exactly. it? Exactly. What is your favorite track that you've ever raced on? And then uh two part question. Um, what is like a country or track that you'd love to race on at some point in your career?
1: Oh, okay, wow, this is tough. Um, man, oh wow, this is tough. Um, man, I'd say like, man, I was a kid. There is this track in Texas. It's called Lake Whitney, and I freaking loved that track. Um, I won like two titles there as like an eight-year-old. Like, I love that place. But it actually shut down in like 2014. Like, I don't even know. I think it's like a real estate place now, or like <laughs> like real estate bought it and now it's just all houses is what I meant. Um, but man, I loved that place. And then honestly. I flew over to France in like 2019 and there was this track and it, it was literally like, a, like, Oh my gosh, it was hard as a rock, but it was on the side of a mountain. And the track was like just uphills, downhills, uphills, downhills. And it was just so much fun. Like, it was just so cool to like literally just go up and down, up and down, like through the mountains, like through the jumps, through the trees. I'm like, wow, this is epic. Yeah, so sick, I said, Yeah. So like that track in Texas and the one in France probably my favorite. And then, Looking forward to – I'm actually supposed to fly to Germany uh, in, like, two weeks. And uh, there's a pretty big event that, like, happens every year. Um, so, that's probably one. Um, but I've always wanted to go to, like, Switzerland. I-, I don't know. I don't know why I've always wanted to go to – I want to, like, go somewhere where, like, it's a little snowy. Or, like, you have that, like, scenic mountain backdrop, and you're yeah. riding dirt bikes. Like, that would be dope.
0: Yeah, that would. So, is uh, – I'm not, like, super familiar with, like, how international it is. But is motocross or supercross, is that primarily – uh like a lot of international riders or um are a lot of them from the states
1: so like supercross is mainly states um obviously like you do have international riders like if they're just that good like they're gonna pick it up no worries but uh we do have a lot of international guys i mean like yeah the guy that won the last uh, the guy that won a title last year uh was from france the guy that won the indoor title this year was from australia um honestly we've been getting our ass beat so (laughs) the the americans need to step it up because uh we these aussies are killing us the guys from france are killing it um i think right now it's an american leading the main series um but yeah dude you can't sleep on these guys like the australians are awesome the europeans rip the the french the french guys are fast um and then And then, uh, over in Europe, they have a series called the world GP series. And like, dude, there's so much money in that series. Like it's literally Mm -hmm. like they fly their bikes and like every single week they're going like Indonesia, Thailand, like Germany, that's so sick, dude. I don't know how they do it. Like they actually, they just raced in uh, Indonesia this week on like, they had all these fans, but since the world is screwed right now, there was only like 15 guys. It was just the factory guys were able to race. Mm. Um, because they were the only ones that could afford to go. Like, so everything's costing so much money.
0: Is it, would you say, like, what would you say is, like, the average age of riders? Because, I mean, you turned pro when you were, like, 19 or 20. And, I mean, it is, like, a like pretty youthful sport. But do you have riders that are, like, in their, like, late 30s? Or does it usually peak out around, like, 30?
1: I'd say, like, dude, your prime years are, like, 24 to, like, 28. Like, that, like, those are your four or five years of prime. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, honestly, like, I'm 21. And, like, I thought last year was, like, the fastest, like, I'd probably the best I'd ever be. And I feel like I'm going faster now than I have ever been just because I'm learning so much more about my dirt bike itself. Like I'm not just riding and being like, all right, yeah, whatever. I don't really care about the setup. Like who cares? Now I'm actually like technologically like figuring out the bike. How do I like it? How it works on this track and um, figuring it all out. So yeah, I'd say like 24, 28 is prime. And then you have, you obviously, you're always going to have those guys are 30s, you know, 34, 35. They're killing it. Um, actually dude, the main guys right now in supercross are literally all 29 or 30.
0: Wow. And so is there a certain age you have to be to become pro or is there some guys that are like 17, 16,
1: you have to be 16 is the minimum you have to be
0: nice. So have you raced against a lot of guys that are like 16 or 17, or is it primarily the age that we talked about?
1: It's kind of all over the place really. It just depends on who the kid is. Like you have some dudes that like, and dude, I will definitely vouch for those kids. But there has been some 16-year-olds that have beat me up. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. i just like, they're just gnarly. Like, they don't have no fear. Like, they just yeah. do not care. But, yeah,
0: like little prodigies, yeah. dude. Because they've probably been riding since they were, like, five or, like, four. Yeah,
1: that's how, yeah, exactly. And that's how it is, too. Like, you have these prodigies. Like, they're 16, 17. They're so fast. And the next thing you know, you don't hear from them ever again. Like, they just fade out of the sport. And it sucks. Because we've had so many kids that are so fast. They go pro. And by the age of 19, they never want to ride a dirt bike again. <laughs> They're so burnt
0: out. Mm, that makes sense so, though. Yeah. So when did you start uh, riding? Like, I guess we maybe should have talked about this, like at the beginning of the pod, just kind of like break it down in order, but I mean, like better late than never, but when did you start riding? Yeah. How did you get introduced to the sport?
1: Oh, uh, well, my dad. I, st- I started actually at two years old. I'll never forget it. I have a very vivid two. memory of when I was two, but I do remember riding in like the backyard at my house in Texas. And, uh, man, I was so young, but I had training wheels. My dad actually cut, like made me training. wheels, like, like old barbell through, like threw it through the axle and then put like little tires on it. And, uh, man, I'll never forget it. And then, uh, yeah, like all the way up from two to like 10 years old, I was just like dirt bikes. That's all I did. My dad was there every step of the way. And my mom, um, they just helped me basically become like one of the best in the country. Like I got like third at the biggest race. And then, um, uh, when they split up, dude, I didn't touch a dirt bike for like five years. Like I was done. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, out of nowhere, like an old sponsor was like, Hey, let's get them back. And started riding again, and here we are.
0: <laughs> Did you pick it up pretty quickly? Like after those five years, like five-year hiatus <laughs> or yeah, tell us no, tell me about that. No,
1: dude, it was bad. Like, I'll never forget like being so slow and so like the word be goony. Like I was so bad. And uh, it took me a while. Like I used to get made fun of all the time because people used to knew how like I used to know how fast I was. And it was so crushing to me, like watching these guys that I raised, you know, growing up as a kid, I would just destroy them. And they're factory rock star or monster energy or Red Bull. And I'm like, what the like, you know, what? And they're crushing me. Like I can't even say, like, even be close to them. Um, so it was pretty rough like i mentally like didn't really care for the sport at all because i was so like everything got taken away from me like i didn't even care anymore Mm -hmm. um so honestly dude like probably the last like two years is when i really started actually becoming like good and like people were actually like wow he's actually not bad and i even myself i was kind of like the same way i was like you know like damn i'm actually pretty good on a dirt bike Mm -hmm. and um so luckily I found that again because if it wasn't for that, I definitely wouldn't be racing. Cause but here we are. We 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 found yeah, something I mean again.
0: dial back in, dude. So I guess this kind of goes I to my last question that I have is uh what is some advice that you would give to aspiring riders or you know, people that maybe are taking a break from riding right now and are like hesitant to get back in. But what's some advice you'd give to young
1: young riders? Dude, honestly, like just don't give up yet. Like <laughs> I say yet loosely because there is a point in this sport where like it's okay because it might not be worth it if you're not going to go pro or you're not going to make the money. But for the meantime, you got to keep grinding. Like that's the best way to look at it. And don't give up until you feel like you are either satisfied with the sport or you physically or financially cannot keep doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. That's literally the best advice I can give you, but don't give up now. Like you got to keep trying um, because that's honestly what happened to me. Like, dude, there were so many times I wanted to quit from the last year injuries, whatever mentally and um, now I am I feel like I'm the fastest I've ever been on a dirt bike. Dude, you definitely got to come to a race, dude. It's gnarly. Like, it's so crazy. Like, Angel Stadium, Daytona, or any race. Detroit Lions Stadium, like, sold out, dude. It's gnarly.
0: That's sick that you do it at NFL stadiums. Like, you know, yeah, you said no. Lucas Oil in um, Indianapolis and, you know, where the Bucks play.
1: Yeah, the, I think the coolest, like, probably the coolest stadium was the Bucks. Like, dude, that stadium was so sick. Um, but, like, I got so like down into like Detroit Lions the stadium that, that stadium is actually really nice for such a crappy area. Like I feel like, mm-hmm. like that stadium is actually pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. dude. If you could get uh, a race at SoFi stadium, the new one in LA, that'd be dude, money. I'm
1: hoping we get one. I'm hoping, I heard a rumor that there might be a race there in October and it's like a million dollar race. And I don't, I don't believe I'll do it. Cause I'm supposed to be in Germany then. Um, but I'm hoping that maybe we'll get it on the schedule because I mean, we have the pool to get it. So yeah. I don't see why we couldn't.
0: Another one that would be sick for at least like international would be a they have a race at Wembley.
1: Oh fuck, that'd be gnarly. But I don't I doubt we'll ever do that just because like London, like it would be so hard for us to go over there. But dude, there's this new series called World Supercross. And mm-hmm. I think they put in what was it? Like I think it was like fifteen or no, it was like twenty-five billion dollars for the series and like they gave every team like a 15 million dollar budget or something like that that's
0: crazy dude
1: yeah dude it's gnarly and you have to like you can only race the series if you're on a team that has a 15 million dollar budget so like i'm not racing it Mm -hmm. i'm not like this is all like gnarly like like pro guys or like overseas dudes like there's it's all hey man, like, but if, guys. if
0: you dominate this next season i mean we got big aspirations dude i mean you're 21 and you said you don't hit your prime until 24 to like 28 or 27 hey we're, so, we're just
1: gonna keep going boss like just keep doing what i can that's <laughs> what i'm
0: saying dude dial in and that'll be you you know riding around on the 15 million dollar budget team <laughs> that'd be sweet yeah hey guys uh everyone that's listening or watching please scroll down below check out logan on instagram at logan underscore light soul i'll have the description or you know the link below in the description if you're watching on youtube uh please like comment and subscribe if you're listening on any audio platform please rate five stars logan dude i really appreciate you joining me for this podcast bro
1: yeah man that was sweet i appreciate you having me